Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right, Drop the Subject is back, and I will admit I've had babies on the brain, something that my wife and I have been talking about recently. And I came across this article about gender-neutral baby clothes and how demand for them is on the rise. So we brought the article writer on the phone. Chris Chafin, you are here with your actual baby right now. I can hear them cooing in the background. That is 100% right, yeah. <laughs> I'm Allie. This is Justin. I'm Justin. And- How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Nice to meet you. We're great. You know, I was so interested in the article that you wrote. You're an article writer for Vox, and you wrote this really interesting article about gender-neutral baby clothes, and it says it's a quietly radical movement. And what's interesting about it is that people, like 100 years ago, as you point out in the article— they were all about gender-neutral clothing. Like, no one really gave a crap what the gender or the sex of their baby was. It was just like, let's just grab a sheet, wrap them in a diaper, and we're good to go. So why and how did we get so obsessed with the sex of our babies and finding clothes to match it? It's so weird, and you're totally right. I mean, it turns out to be a crazy story that takes more than 100 years, basically. Because as you're, you're right, in the old days, you didn't know the gender until they were born. And it didn't really matter to most people. You just kind of thought a baby's a baby, right? So, yeah, like you're saying, you wrap them in a sheet. Like I say in the article, I mean, Jesus is the most famous baby of all time. But, like, good luck finding a painting of him in pants. I know, know the Lindbergh baby is pretty famous, too. And the Charmin baby. All right. And, I mean, I guess there's Muppet babies. (laughs) Absolutely. All right. Okay, cool. So, in around the turn of the 20th century, um, there started to be a lot of theories, especially from Sigmund Freud, about how, you know, your early childhood sexual experiences were very important in your development. And there started to be this idea that if a, a young boy didn't identify as a boy soon enough, it led to all kinds of, you know, quote-unquote disorders. And I'm sure you can guess what kind of stuff Freud is thinking about, right? No. Um, so there's sort of, like, that horrible disability of being gay, right, <laughs> might be caused by this. So there started to be all these things, like ways to try to make small boys into men, basically. Like, the Boy Scouts of America is founded around this time, you know, specifically because it's like, well, these little boys aren't being manly enough. So we need to, like, throw them into the woods, you know, and, like, give them a knife, and then they'll be men. But really what the explosion happens around uh, the 1980s with the introduction of amniocentesis. So this is, like, the first truly reliable way to know your baby's gender before they're born, right? And I think by 1990, 250,000 women are having amnio every year. So it's basically become this thing where everyone suddenly knows the gender of their baby ahead of time. So as soon as you know the gender of your baby, you're like obsessed with getting gendered things. You know, if you're having a girl, you want a bunch of pink stuff. You know, you want a bunch of trucks and uh, tiny guns. I don't know, in case you're having a little boy. You're, you're right, because, I mean, we've gone from not even knowing the sex of our baby until literally it's being born. In my grandmother's case, she didn't even know how many were coming out of her until my dad came. <laughs> like, my dad's a twin, and she always tells the story. I had no idea there was another one in there. What? She's yeah. a gremlin? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my dad is a gremlin, and wow. he was in there growing. Yeah, but I mean, now that when you have control over certain things, you just want to know more and more and more. So as soon as you know the gender of the baby, you're freaking out about it. But I feel like this has now become detrimental in a different way, right? Like, do we know the effects that it's having on children negatively now to know, okay, you're a boy, so you have to wear these boy things, and you have to play with these trucks, and then if they want to play with a doll, they feel like a freak? Well, you know, I don't know about that, but I'll tell you like the thing i see all the time in brooklyn is like whenever i'm talking to a new parent that's one of my friends 
we all just feel like, oh, do I have to buy them all this? You know, if you're having a girl, you're like, do I have to buy them all this girly stuff? Like, it's, I just feel uncomfortable doing that. Or if I'm having a boy, like, why do I have to buy them sweatshirts that say, like, you know, Daddy's Little Hellraiser or something? Like, <laughs> oh, God. And, and couldn't Daddy's Hellraiser be a girl? You know, yes. like, why? I mean, this is kind of why I started writing the piece, because I was having these feelings. And I noticed that when I talked to my friends, like, everyone felt the same way. We're like, why do we have to do this? Like, isn't there some other option? People are obsessed with gendering their babies, but they're also obsessed with gender-neutral names. So I'm very confused <laughs> about that part where they're like, okay, Peyton. Spencer. Sp- yeah. Also, I feel like a lot more parents are also, you know, not going the, the blue-pink route. They're going, yellow, you know, like green. a green or a yellow or, you know, even like a purple or a gray. Are those well, I... mainly the gender-neutral colors? Well, I mean, it pretty much all Tell the colors us. besides pink and blue, right? I mean, I think there's just this idea that, like, like when you go, you know, and I write about this in the piece, right? If you go to a website of a baby clothing company or like, you know, the Gap or something, before you can see any baby stuff, you have to click boy or girl. And you're just like, well, why? <laughs> isn't it? Isn't a baby just a baby? Do you think now that we are in the 21st century, people are going away from gender clothing and then going back to the gender neutral? I mean, have you been finding it easier to find gender neutral clothes? I know Target was trying to get rid of the gendered baby aisles. Well, so there was a study that came out a couple years ago that said 81% of people between 13 and 20 shop outside their chosen gender. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think there's starting to be some recognition of this going on with major retailers, right? And when it comes to baby clothes, it's like the option there but it's just a little hard to find like the gap has this thing that they call the um I think it's called like the unisex shop or the no labels shop or the something like that right but it's kind of complicated to get there it's through a weird drop down menu but if you manage to find it the options there are great it's sort of like it's this case of corporate america wanting to make money off of this movement right and wanting to offer those options but feeling a little bit shy about like promoting it exactly well people are only going to get on board with something when everyone else is on board with it well i mean yeah otherwise it might get made fun of or something all right well chris chafin you uh, have been a pleasure to talk to you can find chris at gentleman's times on twitter Mm. and a little known fact you're a mensa member (laughs) i am a member of mensa that is true yeah um you know what can i say guys i mean you know I just happen to be in one of the top 2% of intelligence people in the yeah. whole world. I mean, no yeah. big deal. You know? So it's good that you're breeding. See, um, yeah, I was not, I am not one of those because I was like, what's Mensa? <laughs> you're like, is that what women get every month? Um, thanks, oh Chris. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you so, so much. much. All right. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q.